Welcome to The Athletic's 2020 Beat Writer Mock Draft. I'm Lindsay Jones, National NFL Reporter at The Athletic, and today I'll be serving as your commissioner, coming to you via Zoom from the basement, just like Roger Goodell will be doing when the real NFL draft kicks off on Thursday night. Today we'll be joined by our network of beat writers who will each be making a first-round pick for the team they cover. You can read their thoughts and decision-making process and check out an analysis of this mock draft from our draft expert, Dane Brugler, Wednesday on The Athletic. And now I declare the 2020 Athletic Mock Beat Writer Draft is now open. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. And now to announce the number one pick in the 2020 Athletic Mock Draft, we have Paul Daner from The Athletic Cincinnati. All right, and this is a pick that really, I had two thoughts. One, a three-year-old can do this. And my second thought was, I know one of those. So this is Mabel Daner, my three-year-old daughter, to make the selection. So ready? Go. Bengal select the Burrow. Yeah. A three-year-old can do it. Great job, Mabel. Great job, Mabel. Thank you so much for making that pick. Uh, Roger Goodell has uh, big shoes to fill when he makes that pick on Thursday night. Um, so, Paul, I, as much as I believe Mabel probably could provide the analysis as well, um, <laughs> why was this the, the easiest call of this draft? What, why, why was this so easy for the Bengals? Uh, when you have a chance to take a quarterback that can cover up all the warts of your organization, that can that can make you forget about everything that's wrong, uh, you have to take it. Whether it works or not, you know, I guess time will tell whether Joe Burrow is anything close to the guy he was when he had the season that he had at LSU. But for the Bengals, as an organization, the spot they're in with Andy Dalton, you know, ready to move on, and they're starting with a new, young quarterback-friendly offensive guru coach, uh, now is the time to do it. So you got to do it. You, you've, done your, you've done your job. You're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I just have one more quick follow-up is, what does this mean now for Andy Dalton? You know, I think a lot of us thought that he probably would have been moved at some point during the kind of the free agency period. Is there a chance that we could see him get traded during this draft, or do you expect him to remain in Cincinnati to work with Joe Burrow this year? I don't expect him to stay in Cincinnati to work with Joe Burrow. I mean, first of all, he's, uh, you know, they have salary cap issues where they, they won't be able to necessarily pay their draft picks or keep them through if they don't do some salary cap gymnastics because he has a $17.7 million hit. They would like to move him during this draft. To them, that's the best solution for everybody. But someone has to be willing to take on that contract or the Bengals have to be willing to eat some of that contract and somebody has to want him. Uh, I think maybe it's Jacksonville with Jay, the Jay Gruden connection. But, you know, we went just went to the whole quarterback carousel. Nobody was interested. So they can find maybe a fit from somebody who misses on their quarterback in this draft. They would love to do it and pretty much would take any compensation uh, at this point that someone was willing to give. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. And thank you, Mabel. And now the Washington Redskins are on the clock. And now to announce the number two pick in our Beat Writer Mock Draft, we have Ben Sandig from The Athletic DC. Uh, well, Kamish, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to make this pick. There's always talk about what Washington should do, trade, trade down to get more picks, maybe consider quarterback. To, to me, there's really no debate. There's really no drama going on here. The Redskins... With the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, we'll take Ohio State pass rusher Chase Young. 
All right. So that seems like a pretty slam dunk pick. How do you see the Redskins using him in their in their new defense under Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio? Yeah, it's probably a little too simplistic to make the comparison to what happened last year when another Ohio State pass rusher, Nick Bosa, joined the 49ers and obviously helped them become a Super Bowl team. There is a little bit of a comparison, though, in the sense that, like San Francisco, Washington has a bunch of recent number one picks in their front seven, Jonathan Allen, Jerron Payne, Montez Sweat. And I think adding a pass rusher like Young, considered the best player in this draft, one of the two or three best pass rushing prospects to come along in years, according to scouts, I think he could potentially unlock something in this defense that has talent but really struggled last year. And I think under Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio in a new 4-3 defense, Young coming from the outside could really help collapse that pocket and sort of lift everybody else up as a, uh, in that group overall. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben. Now the Detroit Thanks, Lions are on the clock. All right. And here to make the number three pick in our beat writer mock draft is Chris Burke from the Athletic Detroit. Yeah, we're uh, Lions are staying put, tried to make a, a couple moves and couldn't come up with anything. So with the third pick, the Lions will select Jeff Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State. All right. So you said you tried to make some some draft trades here. Do you think that the actual Lions are going to have any better luck moving this pick? Uh, I think they'd like to. I tried to uh, had some conversations with Miami, um, Houston. Uh, our virtual Bill O'Brien offered Deshaun Watson and a lifetime supply of first round picks, but I didn't know if he was kidding or that was allowed. So uh, we stayed put. Um, I think the Lions goal, I think they'd like to move back to five or six. And just looking at even making this pick, it was Okuda, Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons are the three names that have been coming up for months now. Uh, you'd think at least two of those three would be there at five or six, somewhere in that range. So if they can go back and still get one of these guys, I think that's their ideal move. Well, I think they'll be very happy with Jeff Okuda. That, <laughs> yeah. As, as a kind of a consolation prize to not being able to draft. Well, thank you, Chris. The New York Giants are now on the clock. Now to make the number four pick in our beat writer mock draft, we've got Dan Duggan from The Athletic New York. And I have the Giants um, taking offensive tackle Jedrick Wills from Alabama. All right. So I think the Giants had their pick of all of the offensive tackles here on the board. Why is Wills the one that you went with? Yeah, and it was definitely a tough decision. I mean, first of all, I tried to trade back because I think that's what Dave Gellman's going to want to do. I didn't find any takers. I think that might be the case for the Giants on draft night. So, yeah, I mean, I think you really can't go wrong. You talk to four different evaluators, you're going to get four different guys as their top tackle. Uh, you know, for me, Wills, I think, you know, he has a lot of upside. I think eventually can move to left tackle, but they can plug him in day one, you know, fill a big hole at right tackle. And there's also the Alabama connection, you know, Joe Judge and Nick Saban, you know, have ties. I think maybe that gives him that little boost to, to put him over the other tackles. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. And now the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. And now to make the number five pick in this beat writer mock draft is Chris Perkins from The Athletic Miami. Miami Dolphins with the number five pick select Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. All right, so Tua's off the board. What went into this decision for you, Chris? He's the best available quarterback, and the Dolphins need a franchise quarterback. Yes, there are medical red flags, but you know what? The Dolphins can always back this up with another quarterback in the first round or the second round. They also have two first-round picks next year, so 
they feel pr pretty good about this pick. They're going with Tua despite the medical risk. All right, Chris. The Dolphins have two more first-round picks, so we'll see you again in a little while. And now the Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. And now to announce the number six pick in our athletic beat writer mock draft, we've got Daniel Popper of the Athletic Los Angeles. All right, with the sixth overall pick, the Los Angeles Chargers select Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. So, Dan, why Herbert? Um, obviously, Tua and Burrow were gone, but why is Herbert the right guy for the future of the Chargers? Yeah, for me, if, if Tua was available, I was going to take him. But obviously, he went fifth to the Dolphins. I mean, the question for me is, can Tyrod Taylor win you a Super Bowl? And the answer to that question will determine this draft for the Chargers. The answer to that question is yes. Then you surround him with as much talent as possible, and you're probably going with a tackle here at sixth or trading back to get multiple players. If the answer to that question is no, then you have to get quarterback figured out because, as we all know, quarterbacks win in this league. You can look to the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes is making plays. Jimmy Garoppolo missed that throw in the fourth quarter, and the best quarterback won the Super Bowl. You know, is Tyrod Taylor making the play you need him to make in the AFC Championship game in the Super Bowl if you get there behind a good defense? In my opinion, no. So you got to get the, situ the, the quarterback situation figured out. What Herbert provides is everything Anthony Lynn is looking for. He's very mobile, athletic, and he has a big arm, and those are the things that Anthony Lynn wants to do. And in the post-Philip Rivers world, Anthony Lynn wants to implement more play action, more RPO, more quarterback movement, more zone read. Justin Herbert does all of those things. And then obviously the one caveat is, can you really draft a rookie in all this chaos right now when you don't know if you're going to have spring practices, you don't know if you're going to have training camp? The beauty of it is Tyrod Taylor is under contract for 2020, and they like what he brings to the table as a starter. So you have the perfect bridge in place. So Justin Herbert could hypothetically sit for an entire season and learn and develop, and there's no pressure or rush for him to start right away. It's a perfect situation, and you get the quarterback situation figured out by taking Herbert six overall. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. And now the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. And now to announce the number seven pick in our beat writer mock draft is Joe Person from the Athletic Carolina and a special guest. Yes, good morning. I brought my daughter Lucy Person along. Lucy is a freshman at Wofford, which is where the Panthers train, of course, and thought it would be appropriate for her to help make this pick uh, at number seven. Lucy, the envelope. Okay. Go ahead and open it. Pick for the Panthers at seven. Eric Brown, defensive tackle, Auburn. In, All right, in, Joe. I was gonna say, why, did, why did the Panthers decide to go defense here, and why specifically with a defensive tackle? Very. Uh, th this is a, was a very tough decision for Marty Herney and Matt Rule because Isaiah Simmons was still on the board, that versatile playmaker in, in Clemson, of course. But ultimately, Derek Brown, I think, offers them the best blend, the best mesh of need and best player available. The guy was a freak at Auburn. The last time Marty Herney used a first-round pick on an Auburn player, it turned out pretty good for the Panthers and Cam Newton. This time they go defense to, to fill a big hole along that defensive front. All right. Thank you so much, Joe and Lucy. And now the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. And now to announce the number eight pick in the Athletic Beat Writer Mock Draft, we've got Scott Bordeaux from The Athletic Arizona. Hey, Lindsay, with the, with the eighth pick, the Cardinals take Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, Clemson. So were you surprised that Isaiah Simmons was here? What sort of decision was this for you? 
I, I was surprised. I don't think the Cardinals thought he would draft a number eight, fall to number eight, excuse me. Uh, they're looking for an offensive tackle in this draft, and they probably were going to take either Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Wills if they fell to eight. But Simmons is just too much of a value to pass up. He's probably ranked on the top five of their draft board. They don't really have a need at, for a hybrid defensive player right now, a guy who can play linebacker and safety inside and outside at linebacker. But he's just too good of a value at eight to pass up, so they take Simmons. Well, thank you so much, Scott. It looks like you're having lovely weather there in Phoenix. <laughs> it's 82 and, degrees today. Wow. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. And now we have our first trade of our athletic beat writer mock draft, uh, where we have the Jacksonville Jaguars have traded back from 9 to 14 to swap first-round picks with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And... They are also giving up a third-round pick, number 76 overall. So now we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock. And now to make the number nine pick in our Beat Writer Mock Draft, we've got Greg Alman of the Athletic Tampa Bay. Thanks, Lindsay. Uh, after trading up to the number nine pick, uh, the Bucks will take Andrew Thomas, tackle from the University of Georgia. All right, Greg, why did you pull off this trade to have the Bucks move up, and why was Thomas the guy? Yeah, it was a tough decision. Um, you worry about tackles going at, at maybe nine, even 10, 11. Um, the Bucks need a right tackle and want to make a priority uh, protecting Tom Brady, as they should. Um, it's just a matter of whether you take what falls at 14 or whether you wait and try and move up and be a little bit more active with things. So seeing our draft kind of unfold as it did with no tackles, besides uh, besides Wills going in the first eight picks, um, felt like there was an opportunity to reach out to Jacksonville. Um, Bucks need their draft pick, so it's hard to part with a third rounder. But I felt like the difference in being able to step up and get Andrew Thomas, uh, I think he's a little bit more immediately ready to step in as a starter at right tackle, uh, has size, has experience on the left and the right side. So he's done a little bit of both. I felt like that was good value to just to make sure they get the right pick uh, with the right tackle and, and a long-term position for them as well. Yeah, sounds like Tom Brady will be thrilled with this decision. So thank you so much, Greg. And now the Cleveland Browns are on the clock. All right, and here at pick number 10, we have another trade. The Miami Dolphins have swapped first round picks with the Cleveland Browns. The Browns now are at number 18, and the Dolphins also gave up number 39 and number 162. So welcome back, Chris Perkins. Who are the Dolphins going to take here at number 10? At number 10, the Miami Dolphins select Iowa tackle Tristan Wirfs. All right. So why did you feel like the Dolphins had to make this trade? And why is Wirfs the answer here at 10? The Dolphins need somebody to protect Tua's blind side. He's a left-handed quarterback, as you know. Tristan Wirfs is a right tackle. Jesse Davis, the current right tackle, he's actually better at right guard. So this, this draft pick, this trade, actually solidifies two offensive line positions. Yes, the Dolphins still do need a left tackle because there are some fearsome pass rushers that will be coming there. But they feel that they can get that in the second round. They can get that in free agency. They're going to be aggressive, just like they were in signing Byron Jones in free agency, making that uh, Josh Rosen trade last season. This falls in along with that. So give the Dolphins this trade and Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. And now the New York Jets are on the clock. And now with the number 11 pick in our Beat Writer Mock Draft, we've got Connor Hughes from The Athletic New York and a canine guest, 
Yeah, Lucy. Yep, she's making her uh, her mock draft debut. I'm surprised she's actually being good. She's been passed on on the couch with my fiance for the last like two hours. So I'm sure that's why she's still a little dazed and confused. But um, yeah, th- this I think the mock, uh, the way that this one at least played out for the Jets, they, they got to be happy. I mean, I know Joe Douglas would be thrilled with this. They need protection for Sam Darnold. They need to address that offensive line. And I know there was concern and talk about, you know, what kind of offensive tackle is going to be there. And, and the fact that Mekhi Becton, the kid from Louisville, slid all the way down here to 11, I mean, that's going to make him absolutely thrilled. I mean, that's a guy that, that is athletic. He's fast. He's going to work well in Adam Gase's offense. He certainly fits the scheme. And he has sky-high potential. That, that drug test that he failed or the, the drug test that was flagged at the combine, obviously that's not too, too big of an issue anymore, anymore with the new collective bargaining agreement. Joe Douglas addressed that on a conference call the other day. But uh, the fact that he made it to 11, I think, is a, a semi-surprise, but, but it's one that the Jets are going to be thrilled with. Awesome. Thank you, Connor. And thank you to Lucy as well. <laughs> and now the and now the Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock. All right. And now to announce the number 12 pick in the Athletic Beat Writer mock draft, it's Vic Tafer from the Athletic Bay Area, soon to be the Athletic Las Vegas. How you doing? I'm taking uh, CJ Henderson, cornerback from Florida. So how thrilled would the Raiders be? to find C.J. Henderson there available where you're able to draft him? I think pretty thrilled. I think you look at the uh, top three receivers on the board, it would have been a tough choice, and now we don't make it. Now we can just uh, move on with our lives, take the best cornerback available. I think it fills a big need for them, and they can always get a uh, receiver later on in, in the draft. Is there a receiver that you like later on that you're hoping might fall and be able to get in a second? I really think you can't lose with any of the three guys. I prefer Judy. I think uh, Ruggs makes a lot of sense as far as the whole next Tyreek Hill thing that Gruden wants to get. So I think either one of those guys, C.D. Lamb also, his highlights are pretty amazing. So I think if any of those three guys falls to 19, that's, that's the play, I think. All right. Thank you so much, Vic. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oops, sorry, I'm going to have to edit that part. Um, thank you so much, Vic. And now, the San Fran- and now the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock. And now to make the number 13 pick in the Athletic Beat Writer Mock Draft, we've got Matt Barrows from the Athletic Bay Area. With the 13th pick, the San Francisco 49ers are going to take Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle, South Carolina. So what role do you think Kinlaw is going to fill there for this Niners defense that you know was obviously very, very good last year? Right. And uh, that defensive um, prowess began with the defensive line, which lost a, a big piece in DeForest Buckner with the trade to Indianapolis. So you insert uh, Javon Kinlaw right there. I think um, there's a big gap between him and the next best defensive tackles. Uh, keeping that defense good means keeping that defensive line well stocked. And so this is basically showing a, a, a big puzzle piece um, with a, a big-bodied guy that can move. And so uh, that's why it makes sense. Great. Thank you so much, Matt. And we will see you later in the first round when the Niners get to pick again near the end of the round. And right. now the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. And now to announce the number 14 pick in our athletic beat writer mock draft, we're joined by Andre Fernandez of The Athletic Miami, and this pick was traded um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, with the 14th pick overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars select wide receiver C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. 
All right, Andre, did you see the receivers falling and that's why you wanted to, you know, make this trade? You thought you could get one? Take us through the kind of the, the thought process here with trading and then taking Lamb. Well, it, it was part of the, the process. Yes, I saw a few of the guys that the Jaguars would have uh, as targets uh, falling a little bit. And then also Derek Brown, which was the biggest target, I think, for them, you know, trying to beef up that defensive front and trying to beef up their run defense. Um, he was gone at seven to Carolina. So right now in the rebuilding process that the Jaguars are in, the more picks, the better, the more young talent they can get, the better. So I figured not dropping too far down at 14 still might give them a shot to, to get to make a quality pick and add another one later. They also have a huge gap in the third and fourth rounds where they don't have a lot of picks between, I think it's 70, the 73rd pick and 116. So that kind of bolsters that a little bit too. Um, but I was thinking once, once Lamb and Judy are both there, it's too good to pass up. I mean, you could put Lamb, the kind of physical, the kind of great receiver, you know, he has all the tools. If you put him bookends with DJ Chark for the next few years, that's that's a heck of a one-two punch that any quarterback, whether it's Gardner Minshew or down the road, maybe Trevor Lawrence or, or Justin Fields is going to have to throw to. And I think now the Jaguars still have the 20th pick and can focus on addressing the other need areas. All right. Thank you so much, Andre. And now the Denver Broncos are on the clock. To announce the number 15 pick in our beat writer mock draft, we're joined by Nikki Chavala of The Athletic Denver. The Broncos take Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. All right. So this was mocked all over the place. How happy do you think the Broncos are to land Judy? And why is he the easy pick for you? I know there's a lot of speculation about John Elway trying to move up. But it kind of became clear around picks, you know, 11, 12, that he might still be available. And if not him, one of the other receivers that they like. So they got to be thrilled, the Broncos. I mean, this just gives Drew Locke another target. Um, and they've dedicated this off this offseason to building around Drew Locke. So, I mean, suddenly this offense is kind of loaded with playmakers. So they got to feel pretty good about where they're at. All right. Thank you so much, Nikki. And now the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. And now to announce the number 16 pick in the Athletic Beat Writer Mock Draft, we've got Jason Butt from the Athletic Atlanta. With the 16th pick, the Atlanta Falcons take LSU edge rusher Caleb Von Chasen. So I don't think it's any secret that the Falcons need pass rush help. Why is this your guy? He, he checks all the boxes, uh, fit, kind of fits what, what the Falcons uh, want to do in Dan Quinn's system. And with all the talk of the Falcons wanting to trade up for a guy, uh, in my opinion, that guy would be Isaiah Simmons. You know, not able to do so in this beat rider mock draft. I think the fact that he's got all the physical tools, uh, Caleb on chasing that is, uh, he, he works he, he works out well for what, what Dan Quinn wants. Uh, Tack McKinley's entering uh, his fourth year, presumably the last year of his contract, as it's not expected that they will pick up his fifth-year option. And therefore, they need somebody opposite of Dante Fowler for the next couple of years. All right. Thank you so much, Jason. And now the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Um, and now at the number 17 pick, we have another trade. The New England Patriots have swapped first-round picks with the Dallas Cowboys and also given up number 98 and number 100 to move up to number 17. The Patriots are taking Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs. Um, Jeff, I don't know if you have signs to give us some analysis here, but why did the Patriots move up to take Henry Ruggs? And now we've got the Cleveland Browns are on the clock. 
All right, now here at number 18, we've got yet another trade where the Eagles have swapped first-round picks with the Cleveland Browns um, and have also given up two fourth-round picks to move up here to number 18. So joining us to announce that 18th pick is Bo Wool of the Athletic Philadelphia and Dave Gettleman over his shoulder. Well, we, I like to keep my heroes watching over my shoulder, Lindsay. Uh, with, the, with the 18th pick, the Eagles have moved up to select LSU wide receiver Justin Jefferson. They, uh, they desperately need a receiver, and so they, uh, they don't want to risk having to dip into beyond the number four wide receiver on the board, so they move up. Yeah, so Bo, did, did you see the receivers coming off the board really quick and panicked and felt like you had to make a trade here? How did that go I, down? So I, been, I was trying to move up to sort of the 12-13 area to try to get Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, the guy who would really make an impact, uh, and then the Patriots uh, scooping up Henry Ruggs thanks to the Cowboys, which is something that I think Eagles fans would not forget, uh, means puts the Eagles into this position where they have to try to move up. I think they have, they have boxed themselves into a scenario where they absolutely need to come out of this draft with at least one receiver in the first two rounds and uh, falling to a 21. If, there are, if, there, if the first four guys are off the board, I think they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Well, thanks, Bo. I'm sure you made Dave Gettleman proud. And now we've got the Las Vegas Raiders back on the clock. The Las Vegas Raiders have traded their pick to the Denver Broncos, who select Trevon Diggs, cornerback from Alabama. The Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the clock. And now with the 20th pick in our beat writer mock draft, we welcome back Andre Fernandez from The Athletic Miami. Go ahead, Andre. Thanks, Lindsay. Um, with the 20th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select offensive tackle Josh Jones from Houston. So why was this the offensive lineman that you think the Jags are going to want here? Well, uh, looking at the trade they did before, I think they were hoping a few others would slip maybe to 14 while still getting what they ended up getting, which is C.D. Lamb, a, a pretty potentially elite playmaking receiver. But they couldn't afford to have any more tackles uh, fall through the cracks and miss out on a good opportunity. So Jones is still pretty good and still a guy that you want protecting the blind side of a guy like Gartner Minshew. This is going to be a rebuilding year in Jacksonville. You know, so pretty tough. You want to have enough protection for him so he has a fair audition for potentially landing the long-term job there. Or you start establishing even more of a, of a pass protection front there and, and a foundation for that future quarterback, uh, like we said before, whether it's Minshew or a guy that they might pick later on in 2021. Great. Thank you so much, Andre. And now the Cleveland Browns are on the clock. And now here to make the number 21 pick in our beat writer mock draft, we've got Zach Jackson from The Athletic Cleveland. Go ahead, Zach. Well, Lindsay, you know, it wasn't just that, or am I supposed to announce it first? Hang on. Am I supposed yeah, to say the you can announce first? it first. Yeah, announce it first. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Three, two. With their 21st pick in the Athletic Beat Writer mock draft, the Cleveland Browns select Austin Jackson, offensive tackle, University of Southern California. All right, so to get here, you had the Browns trading back twice in the first round. Can you take us through that process and why you ultimately ended up with Jackson? Well, I promise you it wasn't just about me having something to do as this mock draft was going on. Uh, I just look at the situation. Um, you know, the Browns are, are going to be in the market for really young and unproven left tackles. So I see Isaiah Simmons come off the board. Uh, I see Andrew Thomas come off the board. And I see an opportunity for a team that's certainly not rebuilding, 
but is in the first year of a new regime. Again, they get to add a bunch of picks. They still get that young offensive tackle who they can develop for the future with a lot of you know positive athletic qualities. And with these other picks, maybe they get in the Trent Williams business. Maybe they sign Jason Peters. They just have a lot of options. I just thought once Andrew Thomas was gone, I thought this made the most sense to start trading down the board and take advantage of not really needing a receiver right now when so many other teams did. All right. Thank you so much, Zach. And now the Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. And now to announce the 22nd pick on our athletic beat writer mock draft, we're joined by Chad Graff of the Athletic Minnesota. With the 22nd pick in the draft, the Minnesota Vikings select cornerback Christian Fulton from LSU. The Vikings badly in need of cornerback help after Trey Wayne, Xavier Rose, Mackenzie Alexander all leave in free agency. So uh, some much needed help for Mike Zimmer's favorite position. Why, why was Christian Fulton the guy you think that Zimmer would want here? Well, he, he's one of the only ones that actually did the testing, which is something that the Vikings really value and, and is going to be a problem for a lot of prospects without pro days. But the Vikings have a lot of needs, would have considered offensive tackle, but Josh Jones and Austin Jackson went just before this. So uh, it gets back to Mike Zimmer's favorite position to draft, which is cornerback, took Mike Hughes just a couple of years ago, but the Vikings still in need of corner. So they go back to that well again. All right. Thank you so much, Chad. And we'll see you again later in the first round. See you again soon. All right, and here to announce the number 23 pick in the Athletic Beat Writer Mock Draft, we've got John Machoda of The Athletic Dallas. Go ahead, John. Yeah, with the 23rd pick, the Dallas Cowboys select A.J. Terrell, cornerback, Clemson. So this is a trade, or this pick was traded. You swapped with New England to move back here to number 23. Why did you make the move to trade back? And then why was Farrell the guy that you wanted? Well, I think the Cowboys would love for this situation to happen because when they were sitting there at 17, all the guys that they really liked, like C.J. Henderson, Caleb on Chason, were off the board. Now, if Chason would have fallen, I would not have made this trade. I would have just taken Caleb on Chason there. I just thought that would be the perfect pick. But when he went 16, I immediately started thinking, what can I do to trade back? Because Cowboys have seven picks in this draft, but they could definitely use more. And to be able to add, you know, 98 and 100 now gives them five picks in the top 100. And you get a guy like A.J. Terrell. But they need, a, they need a top corner to replace Byron Jones, who they lost in free agency. And, and Terrell's a guy I, I considered at 17 if I couldn't move out. So to be able to get these extra picks and get him, I just thought it was great value. Great. Thank you so much, John. And now the New Orleans Saints are on the clock. And now to announce the number 24 pick in the Athletic Beat Writer Mock Draft, we're joined by Catherine Terrell of the Athletic New Orleans. Go ahead, Kat. With a 24th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Saints select linebacker Patrick Queen from LSU. So aside from keeping the LSU kid home in Louisiana, why do you like this pick for the Saints? Well, obviously, since I went to LSU, I have to go with the homer pick, home state guy, even though the Saints don't pick too many LSU guys. But in all actuality, this is a great draft for the Saints. It would have given them a ton of options. They could have gone wide receiver, offensive line here. But linebacker does remain one of their biggest needs. They had some free agency departures. Their remaining linebackers have some injury history behind them. Patrick Queen is only 20 years old. He has a ton of upside, a lot of raw athletic ability, and he could probably play next to Demario Davis at nickel in all three downs right away. So I could certainly see the Saints taking a guy like that with a lot of upside to plug into their linebacker room instantly. All right. Thank you so much, Catherine. And now we've got the Minnesota Vikings on the clock. 
And here at the number 25th pick, we have another trade where the Baltimore Ravens have swapped first rounders with the Minnesota Vikings. The Ravens give up number 28, number 134, number 170, and they get back number 25 and number 170. So here to make this pick at number 25 is Jeff Zrebic of The Athletic Baltimore. With the 25th pick, the Ravens select Kenneth Murray, inside linebacker from Oklahoma. All right, Jeff, I don't think it's any secret that the Ravens were going to be looking at linebackers here in the first round. Why are they going with Murray? You know, linebacker is a glamour position uh, in Baltimore, you know, from Ray Lewis right through C.J. Mosley. And right now, the top guys in their depth chart are Jake Ryan and L.J. Ford. They need help there badly. And uh, Kenneth Murray fits them so well with his speed, physicality, intangibles off the field. Plus, the Ravens love Oklahoma players. They've dra- This would be the fifth Oklahoma player they've drafted in the last three rounds. So uh, they had to trade up to get him because with the Packers looming and them rumored to covet Murray, uh, you know, Eric DaCosta had to be aggressive. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. And now the Miami Dolphins are back on the clock. And now here to announce the number 26th pick in the Athletic Beat Writer Mock Draft. Once again, we have Chris Perkins from the Athletic Miami to make the third first-round pick for the Dolphins. At number 26, the Miami Dolphins select Iowa defensive end A.J. Epinesa. All right, so that's two Iowa players here for the Dolphins. Why is this a pick here at number 26, Chris? Lindsay, this, to me, this was the toughest pick of the draft because Jordan Love is still there. And I, I would like to see the Dolphins take two quarterbacks. However, uh, after, after having, I would, after having taken Tua and, and, um, and taken care of the right tackle with Tristan Wirfs, that pass rush does need some help. They got a lot of help in free agency, but they do need an alpha male pass rusher. They got Kyle Van Noy, Emmanuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson, but Epinesa is going to be that alpha male pass pass rusher they need. Uh, perhaps they get a quarterback in the second round. As you know, pick number 39 is gone, but uh, they get the pass rush help that they need here at number 26. Great. Thank you so much, Chris. And now we've got the Seattle Seahawks on the clock. Now here at the number 27 pick, we have had a lot of trade action. First, we had the Seattle Seahawks trading back with the Green Bay Packers in terms of that trade. We're sending pick number 30, number 136, and number 192. And then the Packers went ahead and turned that pick and swapped with the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are giving up number 39, number 127, and tight end David Njoku to the Packers in order to make this pick. So now to announce the number 27th pick, welcome back Zach Jackson from The Athletic Cleveland. With the 27th pick in The Athletic Beat Writer Mock Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Zach Bond linebacker from Wisconsin. All right, Zach, why did you get back into the first round here to make this trade? Well, I like his name, first of all, but uh, as you look around here, um, you know, the linebackers, the edge guys are starting to come off the board. And so what I was able to do with this maneuvering is still get the young offensive tackle on Austin Jackson with the upside. Then I felt like I needed to make a move, get Bond. You know, the Browns have a new staff, so we're not exactly sure how they're going to play defense. But they need guys in the front seven. He can play linebacker. He can play on the edge. And really, most importantly, I've done all this. I've added him, and I've kept that pick at 41 in the second round where I could go after safety, go after a true edge guy, something like that. So 
you know, Kirksey's out the door, Schobert's out the door. Nobody knows what's up with Olivier Vernon. Uh, they need help on defense. They play in the AFC North, and Zach Bond, from an athletic standpoint, makes a lot of sense. It's not lost on me that you drafted players for the Browns whose names are Zach and Jackson. So well done. <laughs> Sometimes Gold it just Gold st- <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Zach. And now we've got the Minnesota Vikings on the clock at number 28. And now to make the number 28 pick in the Athletic Beat Writer mock draft, we're joined once again by Chad Graff of The Athletic Minnesota. And this is a pick that the Vikings traded with the Ravens to move back from 25 to 28. Go ahead, Chad. With the 28th pick in our mock draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona State. This is a very deep wide receiver class, and the Vikings are badly in need of a wide receiver after already needing one last year. And then they go ahead and trade Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. So uh, very much in need of an Ayuk. They get one of the most explosive receivers in the draft. All right, Chad. I, I think Vikings fans have got to be happy with the two players they've come away with in this first uh, this first round here in our beat dra- our beat writer mock draft. Um, so thank you so much, Chad, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Now to make the number 29th pick in the athletic beat writer mock draft, we're joined by John Glennon of the Athletic Tennessee. Go ahead, John. With the 29th pick, the Titans select Jeff Gladney, cornerback from TCU. So why was this a position of need and why was Gladney the guy that you went here with for the Titans? Position of need because the Titans lost a big part of their secondary from last year. Logan Ryan, their nickelback, uh, is unsigned right now and not likely to return. Not a lot of depth at cornerback. I uh, thought Gladney would be an excellent replacement. Uh, a very good athlete, uh, of very good coverage skills. Broke up 15 passes each of the last two years. Guy with a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger. Uh, can play both inside and outside for the Titans, so he fits a lot of needs and uh, should be a good boost to this Titans defense. Great. Thank you so much, John. And now the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock. And joining us now to discuss some trade scenarios is our Green Bay Packers beat writer, Matt Schneidman. Um, so, Matt, just to, we're, we're going to start at the beginning of all of the machinations that you've been doing around this draft board. The night before our mock draft, you swapped first-round picks with the Seattle Seahawks to move up from number 30 to number 27. And then during the draft, you traded out of the first round, um, swapping picks and swapping picks with the uh, Cleveland Browns. So can you take us through all of these um, moves that you made during this mock draft? Yeah, so first I went from 30 to 27 and gave up 136 and 192 because I wanted to get above the Baltimore Ravens to take Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma because I know the Ravens need an inside linebacker. Packers badly need one. But then the Ravens jumped ahead of me again because they knew I wanted to take Kenneth Murray. So then with my top targets off the board, I moved back out. So in the end, I moved back nine picks from the first to second round, move up nine picks from the fourth round into the fourth round, and then get a new starting tight end in David Njoku from the Browns in place of number 192. So why was that tight end um, a big part of what you think that the Packers will need to acquire in this draft? Yeah, I think right now their 2019 third round pick, Jay Sternberger, who only caught three passes last year, missed the whole first half of the season. He's their number one tight end. Jimmy Graham signed with the Bears. They missed out on Austin Hooper and Eric Ebron. So I I don't know if they're going to draft a tight end, but I think they need a veteran pass catcher in there 
who can help Aaron Rodgers because the next couple seasons are really about maximizing whatever Rodgers has left. And right now, I don't know how much they can count on Sternberger. So knowing what you know about the Packers, their front office, their fan base, you know, how likely a scenario is this? You think that the Packers could be one of the most active teams and moving up and moving back in the actual draft this weekend? It's certainly possible. We talked to Brian Gutekunst on a conference call yesterday, and he seemed really giddy about the prospect uh, of moving up, moving back. They have 10 picks. In his first two drafts as general manager, he's moved all around the first round. He hasn't stayed put in either. So he really emphasized to us that he's looking forward to being active. He thinks they have the ammunition uh, that he needs to move wherever he needs to in this draft. Great. Thank you, Matt. And thank you for showing off your quarantine beard. We, uh, we appreciate <laughs> that here on today's Zoom call. Thank you. And now with the number 30 pick in the Athletic Beat Writer mock draft, we have yet another trade. So this pick started out as the Green Bay Packers pick. Our beat writer, Matt Schneidman, traded it on the night before the draft with the Seattle Seahawks. And then during the draft, Seahawks beat writer Michael Sean Dugar traded out of the first round and the Los Angeles Chargers got back into the first round. They gave up number 37, number 112, and number 186 to get back into the first round here. So now to announce the pick at number 30 is Daniel Popper of the Athletic Los Angeles. Okay, with the 30th overall pick, the Los Angeles Chargers select Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle out of Boise State. All right, so we know that the Chargers have already made a move this offseason to get Trey Turner, an offensive tackle, and now this is another big move to get another tackle. What are they doing here, and what's your thinking behind this pick, Dan? Yeah, so they're thin at left tackle because they traded Russell Okun for, for Trey Turner, as you alluded to. Um, they don't really have anyone on the roster who's really a starting caliber, caliber left tackle, uh, so they needed to add somebody. Um, and the way I saw the draft sort of shaking out, I didn't think that one of these top seven tackles, or in this case, Ezra Cleveland, was going to make it to pick 37. Um, and Michael Sean was, was shopping the pick. Um, I ended up giving up a fourth and a sixth, and then along with the second to move back into the, the first round and take Ezra Cleveland. Uh, he fits with what the Chargers are looking to do. He's very athletic, ran a sub-540, um, and is a you know really polished pass protector, so he should have an opportunity to start right away. And, and the Chargers, this is, these are the two needs, in my opinion, that he needed to knock out uh, early in this draft as quarterback and offensive tackle. They give up a little bit of capital to, to, to move up into that first round, but uh, it makes a lot of sense, and they're able to address multiple needs here in the first round. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dan. And now the San Francisco 49ers are back on the clock. We've got David Lombardi from the Athletic Bay Area. Go ahead, David. With the 31st overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers select Denzel Mims, the wide receiver out of Baylor. All right, so what's your thinking here at number 31? Were there any other players that maybe you were eyeing? And how do you think that Kyle Shanahan is going to use Mims in this offense? Well, to be honest, we actually were going to pick Ezra Cleveland, the tackle, uh, out of Boise State until the Chargers grabbed him with a 30th pick, just one pick ahead of us. So we went to our secondary plan here, uh, and that was Denzel Mims. It's actually Matt Barrows, the other 49ers beat writers, draft crush. He writes a draft crush article every year. And Denzel Mims is his guy because Denzel Mims fits a lot of what Kyle Shanahan looks for in wide receivers, and he still has a lot of upside. This is a guy who I think led all the wide receivers in the three-cone drill with a six-six-six, which is an excellent time, especially considering the fact that uh, he's six foot three inches tall. So you have a lot of short area quickness with Denzel Mims. You have a guy who uh, is able to high point footballs and use that height. 
uh, downfield, and that's something that the 49ers are lacking. Now, Shanahan is not a guy who's going to draft a receiver just because he's tall. He also has to have that short area quickness and the ability to separate on some quick slant patterns, and that's exactly what Mims was able to do at Baylor. And, and I think that the 49ers staff would be really excited to work with his physical skill set in the context of their scheme. And I'd be really excited to watch him alongside Debo Samuel. So thank you so much, David, um, and take care. Thank you. And here with the final pick in the first round of our athletic beat writer mock draft, there has been yet another trade where Bill O'Brien from the Houston Texans, or Aaron Reese, as the case might be, has traded um, number 40 and a 2021 fifth round pick to get into the first round, swapping, um, swapping in with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, to make this pick here at number 32 is Aaron Reese of the Athletic Houston. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, with the uh, 32nd pick, I have the Texans taking Ross Blacklock, uh, defensive lineman from TCU. Uh, you know, he was, I thought maybe he was a guy who would be available uh, at 40, but when I saw him slipping down the board and, and have a chance to get him there, uh, I think that I was channeling kind of what we've seen from O'Brien, and he maybe wouldn't wait eight picks to see if the guy was there, and he would just move up a little bit to take him, and I, I liked what the price was. All right. So this is a dangerous proposition here, but can you try to take us inside Bill O'Brien's head a little bit and what he might be thinking on draft night, given how much he loves making trades? And is there anything crazy that he might try to pull off during the draft on Thursday? Yeah, you know, I think I don't think he could really move that high into the second end of the first round just with what he has. But I thought that this move made some sense uh, just because they have two fourth round picks next year, obviously acquiring one from the Rams, uh, which they think can maybe be a pretty high pick given kind of the, the situation of the state of the Rams. So getting rid of that fifth uh, didn't cost too much. And I just I just didn't see a situation in which Bill O'Brien uh, sat things out. Maybe he, maybe he will end up doing so. But with a guy like that, like Blacklock, uh, to help a defensive line that really, really needed it um it just made some sense to me to, to make the move up well i know we will all be eagerly watching to see what bill o'brien does this weekend and see if he might trade deshaun watson or jj watts so we'll all we'll all be actively <laughs> watching uh watching bill o'brien and your twitter to bring us all of the breaking news updates there so thank you so much aaron And now we are joined by the Athletic Seattle's Michael Sean Dugar to take us through some very active trade moves that he made for Seattle during our beat writer mock draft. Thank you so much for joining us, Michael Sean. Can you kind of take us through the two trades that you made for the Seahawks, starting with one that you made the night before our mock draft? Yeah, so Seattle didn't have uh, 27 first-round grades on this crop of prospects. So starting the night before, the thought was, okay, let's – Let's see if we can move back. Uh, the price might have been too steep for other teams to just move straight from 27 all the way out uh, of the first round. So that's when uh, the idea came to start talking to teams who have, you know, picks 30, 31, uh, 32. And I'll dust the move with um, Green Bay to grab a fourth and a sixth. Uh, that also kind of helps uh, recoup losing that fifth rounder uh, that they sent to Washington uh, for Quentin Dunbar. Uh, and then... Oh yeah, that was a, that was all just the night before, busy night before. Yeah. So then, as you saw, as you watched our mock draft kind of uh, unfold, were you still trying to make make moves and get out? What teams were you talking to? And then ultimately, why did you pull off the move that you did to get all the way out of the first? Um, well, Seattle really needs uh, edge help, so it depended on how the board shaped up at that position. Uh, I believe the kid from oh LSU uh, came off the board uh, and. 
a kid from Iowa came off the board and there was a little nervousness there, but you know, didn't believe that the picks, I think Iowa, the Iowa kid came off at 26. Uh, we knew, they knew the teams at 27, 28 and 29 probably wouldn't take uh, edge players. And Seattle really has its sights set on um, Yatir Gross Matos from Penn State and figured they could get him early in the second round. Uh, so decided to move move back. We're actually some really good offers for 30 from, let's see, Cleveland, Vegas, Chargers, and Texans, uh, actually. So a lot of activity to get back in the first round. Ended up going uh, with the Chargers deal. And I ended up a pass rusher uh, with the first, with at least their top pick. Uh, in the second round. All right. Well, I think you've done an excellent job of channeling John Schneider and Pete Carroll. You seem to have figured out exactly their draft um, DNA and what they are very likely to do um, on Thursday night when the real draft unfolds. So, uh, Michael Sean, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to reading all your Seahawks coverage over the next few days. All right. Thanks. Always compete. Thank you for watching the Athletic Beat Writer's Zoom mock draft. You can check out Dane Brugler's analysis of this draft on the app or on theathletic.com Wednesday. And please join us for all of our draft coverage all weekend long. And don't forget, we've got a 90-day free trial. Go to theathletic.com slash free 90 days to read all of our sports coverage.